When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody? I'm Najee Adams. And I'm Hunter Jacobs. And you're listening to the Hoop Ball Nets Podcast. So, we're back again. This episode is pretty packed. We're going to talk about the three games. And uh, since it's March, we figured that we would make our own Hootball Nets bracket and enter it into the Hootball group on Yahoo. And we're going to go over that bracket later for you guys. But before we get into everything, uh, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. You can look up Brooklyn Nets. We're basically usually the first ones that come up. Make sure you leave a five-star rating and review. All reviews are getting read on the podcast. Speaking of reviews, we have one today. It's from RC974. Now, I'm pretty sure they've left a review before. It's a five star, and they just, I'm pretty sure they just changed the review. Either way, we appreciate it. Um, RC974 said, Amazing game. I just left the Nets King game in Sacramento. It was awesome, awesome in all caps. Brooklyn came from 29 down to win with a second half left. Key coaching changes in the third quarter, and Russell scoring 44 made the difference. It felt like a playoff game. There are only a few Nets fans in attendance, but we were all happy. Go Nets. We agree. Super excited to talk about that uh, Kings game. It, it was probably D'Angelo's best performance of his career. Obviously, his best performance of the career. But we'll get to that later. Don't want to spoil anything. Um, before we get into the games, make sure you guys go and uh, give a shout out to Hawaiian House Kona Coffee Company for sponsoring not only this podcast but every other hoop ball podcast. You can find them on Twitter at High Kona Coffee, H I K O N A Coffee, or you can find them on Amazon. Uh, their coffee's amazing, and you guys should all go check it out. On to the game recaps. So, the first game we're going to cover is the Jazz game, where Jared Allen got obliterated by Rudy Gobert. And Rudy Gobert had the flu, so he got bodied by a man that went and vomited in the tunnel after the game. So, Rudy Gobert had the flu in this game. He still managed to put up 23-17. and 17. Oh, 9 of 12 shooting. And he missed 5 free throws. So, had he hit his free throws, it'd be <laughs> he would even better. He would have 30. And, even better. And he did manage to have 3 blocks as well. Well, and, and then you go to Jared Allen. Jared Allen this in, game. In just 20 minutes because of 5 fouls. He had four points on zero of one shooting, and the only shot attempt was a three-pointer. This was the first time the entire season he didn't get a f- like record a field goal. And this is another reason why Rudy Gobert should repeat Defensive Player of the Year. I said the same thing. 
But uh, one of our friends, you guys, I don't know if this matters, but his name is Joe. He think <laughs> he thinks that Paul George is gonna win Defensive See, Player of the Year. In my article the week ahead, I did also put Paul George because statistics wise and team wise this season, it, it should actually be Paul George. But Rudy Gobert does have an amazing case. He anchors the defense when he doesn't play. Their defense is horrible. Also, I believe that everyone feels so bad for him not making the All-Star game. He didn't get the bonus in his contract for making the All-Star game. So they're going to give him Defensive Player of the Year again. He very much deserves it. And I also feel like the added sympathy is going to get him over the top. So um, the Jazz basically took over midway through the first to just... And dominated the rest of the game. Yeah, at one point in the game, they had a 26-point lead. The Nets shot 34.7% from the field, 33.3% from the three-point line. They actually shot 90% from the free throw line, which is great for them. Uh, unfortunately, the Jazz shot a better percentage, 42.9% from the field and 36.1% from Honestly, the free throw line. it was just the shooting because... The turnover battle, the Nets won fifteen to seven. This was the lowest turnover mark the Nets have had all season. Also, they they did get smoked on the rebounds though. Yeah. So between the rebounding and the great shooting by the Jazz, it really did not benefit the Nets. Yeah, when the biggest player on your team only plays twenty minutes, you're probably gonna get dominated on the boards. Um, we already talked about Gobert, his partner in crime, Donovan Mitchell, thirty four minutes. 24 points on 9 of 21 shooting, knocked down 4 threes, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, and a steal. No- Derek Favors had a double-double, 13 points, 4 of 10 shooting, 12 rebounds, also 3 blocks for him. Yeah, no one else really did amazing. Ricky Rubio was 2 for 13, Joe Ingles was 1 for 5. Jay Crowder managed to get 12 points in 28 minutes, but he really only recorded 4 rebounds other than that. And, uh, yeah, the Jazz didn't really do too much. On to the Nets. Joe Harris is a 2-for-8, overreliable, wasn't too reliable this game. Had we recorded an episode before this, I would have been violating D'Lo. But now that I know what he did in the game, I can't really say a whole lot. Uh, He he played 25 minutes, took 25 shots, made 8 of them, and had 20 points. So the D'Lo special in this one. This was the beginning, I feel like, of his breaking out of the slump. Because before this, he was in a horrible, horrible slump, which came at the worst time of the season. But uh, after this game, he really broke out in the next two. He finished with 20... Five and four, only two turnovers, and Spencer Dinwiddie had a team-high 22 points on 7 of 16 shooting, five for five from the free throw line, two assists, I mean, two, yeah, two assists and two, and one rebound. Ed Davis, 11 rebounds in 18 minutes, the man is an absolute monster. Theo Pinson, the best dancer on the Nets, 13 minutes, 12 points, two of five from the three-point line, and he really just had one assist and one rebound. Other than that, Kuruk started at the power forward again. But he only played 16 minutes in this game, scored 8 points on 3 or 4 shooting, had 3 rebounds, and negative 3 plus minus. And uh, I can start to see the minutes going down for him as we get into the... Question about Kuroks. So, I I did say in one of my blurbs that I wrote for the Nets during a hoop ball shift that I believe Kuroks has a body and skill set like Andre Karolenko. What do you think? Um, I honestly think, you call me off guard, but I honestly think that that's a great comparison. Um, Andre Karolinko is 6'9", 230, 235, and Rodion Crooks is 6'9", At 21 years old, he can definitely put on 20 pounds. They have similar body types, like I just said. Um, in, uh, Andre Karolinko's prime, 
the one year he was an all-star back in 2003-2004, he averaged, well, 16.5, 8 rebounds, 3.2 assists, 1.6 steals, and 3.3 blocks. No, and 2.8 blocks. And his his career high in blocks was 3.3 in a season. Do I ever think Rodion Spruce is going to get that? Definitely not. But... But he does have two steals, one block potential, and solid on-ball defense. I feel like they're they're definitely comparable. In AK-47's rookie year, he averaged 10.7, five rebounds, 1.1 assists, 1.4 steals, and two blocks per game. And obviously the steals and blocks aren't there, but Kirks is averaging nine points, 3.7 rebounds, one assist, 0.7 steal, half a block. And it's seven less minutes. So, I mean, I definitely feel like he could develop into being one of those AK-47 type players. I think that's definitely the closest person to what he is. Definitely, definitely. That's a great comparison, to be honest. I wasn't even thinking about it. So, the next two games are both interesting as one ended in the the Nets' favor and one not so much. We'll do the not so much first as the Nets lost to the Clippers at the buzzer. Yeah, I, neither me nor Hunter was tuning into this game live, but I turned it on I turned on literally three seconds before Lou Will drills a three, and I turned it right back off. <laughs> I literally put, I typed it in on my phone, started streaming it, saw him hit the three, pressed the home button. I was like, nope, I can't. And I immediately texted Hunter. And uh, this game was out of control. So we'll, we'll start with the regular recap. Um, the, the biggest lead was the Nets by 19. And it was all in the first half as they dominated the first half. Yeah, they ended up shooting 42%, 42 for 100 from the field, uh, 36.8% from the three-point line, 72% from the free throw line. You would think for a game where their biggest lead is 19 and the Clippers' biggest lead was 14 that there would be more lead changes. There was only three, which means... Once the lead changed, it changed. (laughs) It was over. And then the Clippers shot 43.3% from the field, 38.7% from the three-point line, and 82% from the free-throw line. The Nets lost the turnover battle by one, and they lost the rebound battle by three, 54-51. So coming into this one, the Clippers had won seven of their last eight, and they, they had won six of their last seven, and this made it seven of their last eight. So they've been on fire as of late. You would think trading Tobias Harris made them worse, but it somehow made them better. Yeah, uh, so on to the actual box score. Um, so Landry Schmidt started at small forward. Small forward. Small forward. Oh, had, well, it says that, but Beverly's actually yeah. been starting at small forward. So, so uh, Landry Schmidt, 26 minutes, 14 points, not much else. Danilo Gallinari, 20 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, and a block. When he's healthy, he's... An amazing player. Ivica Beverly Zubac. has been so good starting at small forward. He's really the reason that they're yeah, playing Yeah, he's been so a monster. Well. He takes every game personally and tasks himself with locking up the other team's best player. Um, Patrick Beverly, 10 points, 4 or 5 from the field. Played 27 minutes. Gave good minutes at that. Shai Gill, just 35 minutes, which is a team high. 14 points on 5 of 12 shooting. He had a 10 assists and 2 rebounds. Montrez Harrell had 20 and 10. On uh, 8 of 17 shooting and 34 minutes. And then the man of the hour, Lou Will. 26 minutes, 25 points, 8 of 16 from the field. He was 1 of 5 from the 3 before that 28-foot game winner to make him 2 of 6. And then he added 6 rebounds and 2 assists. Question about 6 man of the year. So, it's probably going to be Lou Will at this point, being that he's on a tear. 
But do you think because of how great Montrez Harrell has played that it would be fair to give a co-six-man of the year to both of them, being how many minutes they play? Not a chance. I don't feel like they would ever give a co-six-man of the year to two people on, two people on the same team. Why, though? They play the, the same amount of minutes, and they both are the the spark plugs for the team. Yeah, I mean, maybe next year, but didn't Lou Will, like, break the record for most points scored on the bench? For or, his like, career. Yeah, in, in his career. Like, I feel like it's just his year to win six man of the year again. yet again. It was, I swear it was going to be Spencer Dinwiddie. Had he not went down... I really feel like it would have been Spencer Dinwiddie. Well, had he not went down and Lou Will went on another ridiculous tear once Tobias was traded. Yeah, true. But do I think it's going to be Montrezl Harrell? Not a chance. I don't think they're going to give a co I honestly think Harrell is the second best option for the award, though. I think it goes Lou Will, Harrell, then Dinwiddie. Uh, maybe. I mean, Montrez stats. Montrez really is also in the most improved player conversation. Wait, I, we're gonna get to this later. But I really feel like D'Lo should be the most improved player. Like, I get that Pascal Siakam was not known at all, but like Mm-mm. D'Lo went from being what a lot of people consider to be a bust to an All Star, who is clearly about to get a big max this off season. I'm sorry, D'Lo's great, but it's Siakam. It's D'Lo, in my opinion. Siakam carries the team when Kawhi is not playing. D'Lo carries wins. the team every game. <laughs> but Siakam doesn't need to because they're so good. And he's doing this with a stacked team, putting up great numbers. I just feel like D'Angelo Russell is one of the biggest catalysts in the Nets making the playoffs this season. Obviously. But, and I feel like... But without Siakam, the Raptors wouldn't be nearly as good either. But they'd still be a playoff team. Easy. Yes, they'd be a playoff team. But yeah, I definitely believe D'Lo should be most improved player. <laughs> and Hunter definitely believes Pascal Siakam should be most improved player. I mean, I feel like most people believe Pascal should be most improved player, so he'll probably win it. But D'Lo should definitely be in the conversation. On to the next box score for this Clippers game. Uh, D'Lo came out... 32 points, 32 minutes on 13 of 25 shooting. Seems like he takes exactly 25 shots a lot. I always see 25. And then uh, he went. He had five rebounds, 10 assists, and only three turnovers. So he had 32 and 10. Damari Carroll did a lot of good in this game. 22 points, 7 of 13 from the field, seven rebounds, a steal, an assist. Just overall good game. He's been the main spark plug next to Dinwiddie off the bench this season. Yeah, speaking of Dinwiddie, he didn't have he had a he had an game. absolutely terrible game. Every aspect was bad. Thirty three minutes, thirteen points on two of sixteen shooting. D'Lo special, one of seven from three, eight of twelve from the line. Even that's bad. Sixty seven percent, four rebounds, three assists, and a turnover, uh, and minus fourteen, which is. Second lowest on the team to Jared Allen's team low, minus 15. Speaking of Jared Allen, he did redeem himself this game. He had 13 points and 11 rebounds with two blocks. Um, Rodion Crooks, his minutes are still slowly starting to decrease. Oh, no, 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 no. If you notice, he fouled out in 12 minutes. <laughs> he was having an amazing game. Five points on two or three shooting with two rebounds, two steals, and two blocks. He was about to have a defensive maestro game, (laughs) and he fouled out in 12 minutes. Three turnovers and six fouls in 12 minutes. That's horrible. 
And then Caris LeVert still getting his legs back under him, to be completely honest. 6 of 15 from the field, 31 minutes, 12 points, 4 rebounds, 7 assists. I um, want to cut him some slack, but it's got to end somewhere. <laughs> I mean, when, when you just... It, it's probably heartbreaking for him to be having the season of his life and then in a matter of seconds just go down for months and then come back to a man that... <laughs> That's an all-star and takes 25 shots a game, and you just got to deal with it. There's nothing you can really do. He's not going to take the ball away from D'Lo, especially not after the Kings game. Listen, how does Steph, Clay, KD, Draymond, and DeMarcus coexist? These I don't two know. kids can coexist. The problem is they're kids, and Steph, Clay, Draymond, and KD are all 27 years or older and used to... That's true. But, um... Yeah, uh, after this game, Lou Will and Doc Rivers both had some pretty pretty good things to say about D'Lo. Lou Will went on to say that he's not a late bloomer at all. Um, uh, I think people expect you to be a star right away nowadays. The guy's in his fourth year, and he's an all-star. That's early to me. There's a lot of guys who don't have that opportunity. He's doing a great job leading this Brooklyn Nets team. Blah, 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 blah. Look, look, Lou Will's saying that because he himself is a late bloomer, so he knows really what a late bloomer is. He's having the best years of his career right now when he's already almost out of the league. I do believe that he's right, though. A lot of people expect you to just come in the league and be like Cat. That's true. And be like LeBron. Anthony Davis it, it, right away. Exactly. And, and you need, but, a lot of people just need a see, couple the thing years. Is, always had it in him. If you remember back in 2017 at Dykeman Park, he hit a game winner and the whole crowd went wild. He's always had that in him. If you remember him. back his rookie year in the Lakers, he had a great game. I can't remember what team it was against. And they asked him like, oh, uh, how, um, how, how was your game? And he was like, you know, y'all ain't seen nothing yet. Like that's by far one of my favorite D-Lo moments of all time. And then he was like, man, they got lucky. I feel like it was against the Kings. I think it was against the Kings. He's always lit the Kings up. If I had to guess, I would say his career high in points. Like, he has the most points average versus the Kings. I kind of looked that up. So, we looked it up. It is precisely the sixth. He's, his career stats versus them. Well, his career average in points versus them is the sixth highest of any team in the NBA. It's not first like I was thinking. But it's sixth. And um, The highest is against the Cavs, Cavs right? in case you wanted to know. And the second highest is against the Nets. So, there you go. And um, so, yeah. Uh, we, I just honestly feel like D'Lo needed time to bloom. And time to... to I, he needed a team that truly believed in him. And I don't feel like the Lakers really did. They were always out for that next big, Look, bottom next line, best bottom thing. Bottom line, you can say what you want about the Lakers being the best organization of all time. Blah, blah, blah. They let Julius Randle and D'Angelo Russell go. And now they're stuck with the young players who don't want to listen to LeBron play hard. And now they have an awful team while these two are flourishing where they are. So... I'm, I agree, and I am a Lakers fan. And then Doc Rivers basically went on to just say that he knew D'Lo was nice all along, and him and Austin Rivers used to play together, so it was hard to see him struggle back in L.A. So, on to the Kings game. This is by far the the one of the best games of the entire season. I'm just going to start it off say D'Lo had a career-high 44. He scored 27 in the fourth. They were down. The Nets were down 28 in the second half. And D'Lo outscored the Kings himself 27-18 to in the fourth quarter. And his 27 are the most in the fourth by anyone this entire season. Also, this was the game where I'll say D'Lo will continue to carry the Nets. And, and this is the type of game like he needed to have. And this is the type of game superstars have because this would, would have been, what, the Nets' fifth, sixth straight loss? 
And that would have plummeted them deep. Like, that would have been crushing for their playoff hopes. Honestly, now they only need three or four wins out of their last nine games to make the playoffs. That's all they need. This is the type of game that superstars have because he knew he needed to clutch up and try and secure the Nets' playoff spot in any way he could. And this is exact. That's exactly what he did. The man was completely lights out. He lost his mind in the fourth quarter. The Nets are two and a half games ahead of the ninth seed Magic, who have ten games left. Let's say in those ten games, the Magic happen to go six and four and have a good good end to the season, and they'll be forty and forty two. That would mean the Nets have to just go three and six to end the season to make the playoffs. Exactly. So, and I honestly feel like they can. According to ESPN's uh, Power Index playoff odds, the Nets have a 91.7% chance of making the playoffs. And I honestly say they do make it, to be completely honest. The next best odds are the Heat at 63.8. So, the, the Nets are projected to end the season 40 and 42, although it's not above 500. It's playoffs. So, I will tell you that the Heat team is actually really good. Any team that. That has Drogic, Whiteside, and D Wade on the bench can can be scary. I would not want to see them first round if I'm a top East team. I wouldn't either. I'd rather see the Pistons out of the three. If like between the Nets, Heat, and and Pistons, I'd want to see the Pistons. The uh, soda, soda, easily. The Pistons are more sport. Like they're just worse. Yeah, I, I can easily see they're Griffin a weaker and team. Drummond. Exactly, and then. The Nets probably next, and I would not want to see the Heat because they're a good 9-10 deep and could keep throwing fresh bodies that can produce. On to the stats. Basically, in every aspect, it looks like the the Kings should have won. They shot better. Except turnovers. Yeah, they shot a better percentage from the field than the Nets, out-rebounded the Nets, shot a better percentage from three than the Nets. And it basically just came down to the Nets having D'Angelo Russell and the Kings having no one that could stop him. And if you look at... The recap on NBA.com, it seemed as though the Nets, like the the bar was never on the top side for the Nets. It was deep purple for the whole game. And then that little one strip of black at the end is D'Angelo Russell. Is D'Angelo <laughs> Russell and Rondé Hollis Jefferson's shot. If you didn't know, he had a circus shot game winner on Marvin Bagley. And in the interview, it, the play was basically drawn up for a D'Lo isolation. They had already given him two isos before to ice the game. He missed both of them. And he was 10 of 15 in the quarter. The, the, he was 10 of 13 before he missed those last two shots. They wanted to give it to him again. Uh, De'Aaron Fox ended up denying him the ball. And, and it's funny because if, if they would have lost... It would have all been, but he missed those two shots. Exactly. But because Rondé Hollis Jefferson made that circus behind his head layup, all is forgiven. Exactly. So on to the Sacramento Kings stats. Uh, Marvin Bagley, uh, oddly enough, had the best game. 28 points on 12 of 15 shooting, 7 rebounds, 2 assists. The man played 29 minutes, and he was absolutely incredible. Darren Fox, he had 27 and 34 minutes on 10 of 20 shooting, 5 of 7 from the free throw line, 9 assists, but he also added 5 turnovers. 
Um, Buddy Heels had an absolutely horrible game. 8 points, 4 of 13, shooting 0 of 8 from 3, and all he did well was 3 steals and a block. And Harrison Barnes played a team-high 38 minutes, had 17 points, so 7 of 11 shooting to go with 7 rebounds. And Yogi Farrell played 3 minutes and had a minus 9, so <laughs> productive 3 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> on to the Nets. Joe Harris, older live, but only played 19 minutes, but he was 4 or 5 in those 19 minutes and knocked down 9 and, and finished with 9 points. Rodion's Karuks played 32 minutes at the power forward. He was only 2 of 9 from the field, though, had 6 points. But he was on the court for the big run, so that's Ex- important. Exactly. Karras, 3 of 8 from the field, 24 minutes, 6 points. Yeah, still not a great game from Karras. was not on the court for the big run. And then Rondalis Jefferson, 16 minutes, 14 points on 6 of 7, shooting one of those shots being the game winner. Five rebounds, three assists, two steals, and a block. So the, the five on the court, since I keep hinting at it, was D'Angelo Russell, Trevion Graham, Rodion's Karooks, Jared Dudley, and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Very strange five. But he stuck with them. Kenny Atkinson stuck with them, and it worked out. Dudley hit some clutch shots. There's no reason to knock on him for this game. Yeah, there's absolutely no reason. We're going to salute Jared Dudley. He played a great game. And he also had zero minutes before the big run in the fourth. So, it is... It was a positive game for him. He had the highest plus minus on the team. I just want to say D'Lo was absolutely lights out in that. The the man couldn't miss on that in that run, and it was an amazing game to see from him. I also want to say he was super confident after they won. Like he was like putting up his hand to his ear to the Sacramento Kings crowd. Like he said he was built for this. He's on the cover of Slam. It's just good to see things are going well for him this season after. Things could have gone very, very badly. But, um, yeah, that's it for the next games. They actually won a game, so they went 1-2 and two in this episode. And uh, their next game is against the Lakers on Friday night. So it'll be another chance for D'Lo to eat. And, uh, yeah, we're going to get on to our March Madness mm. bracket. Considering Wait, before it- that, I have a question. I was thinking about it looking at the starting lineup. Who do you think... Who would be your ideal shooting guard next to D'Lo? Who do you think would, would bring out the best in him? Probably Spencer Dinwiddie. I, I, for me... No, I, not on their team. I mean anyone oh, like in the agent? league. Probably someone Anyone like, in the league. I feel, like the, I feel like the prime shooting guard you can put next to any nice player, especially playmaker, and have them eat is Klay Thompson. Yes, that's true. It, it like, because D'Lo is, needs to be surrounded by shooters so that he can... Play make and facilitate the offense, and I feel like Clay standing in the corner is amazing for LeBron, Harden, Steph. But but also, D-Lo. I believe D'Lo needs needs someone who who's a, like a hype man, just like the whole Nets benches. They so all who dance are you, on who every shot. Who do you shot. have in mind? Specifically, I was thinking Marcus Smart for his defense and emotion. Yeah, I feel like Marcus Smart would cause more. Problems than more bad than he, he, he has. Good. Two, he has a bad rap. I don't know why, but though, oh, I, I mean, it why. was for earlier in his career. I believe he's much better now, but he, he would lock up. He has emotion, passion for the game. I'd love to see a D-Lo Smart backcourt. I mean, it would be interesting. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like Nets fans would like Marcus Smart because he brings that grit to the yeah. team. 
But um, yeah, onto our bracket. It's March. We're we're caught up in the March Madness fever, just like everyone else. If you guys don't know, make sure you guys go join Hoop Balls Bracket Challenge. Free entry. Uh, the top finisher gets a fifty dollars Amazon gift card, and first through fifth place get twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen premium memberships, as well as the twenty nineteen twenty 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 draft guide which has the Brewski 150 and all that good stuff. Uh, make sure you guys retweet or share on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter to qualify. And, uh, yeah, go join it. We're in it. So if you want to compete against us, make sure you guys go join it. It's on the Hootball Twitter. We're going to retweet it from our own Twitter. And, uh, yeah. So the way we did this bracket was basically me and Hunter, we went through. Uh, we already have our own individual brackets versus our friends. We have money involved, a big pot, everything like that. But we decided to go through and make a hoop ball nets bracket for the hoop ball group on Yahoo, and uh, we basically gave our opinions. If we didn't agree, we rock paper scissored, and whichever one of us won would put our pick through. So we're gonna go through our whole bracket right now. So Duke versus North Dakota State. I no don't, brainer. I don't think anyone in their right mind has. North Dakota State winning this Unless one. they go to North Dakota State. <laughs> exactly. So uh, we put Duke advancing, of course. VCU versus UCF. Uh, UCF is the 9 seed compared to VCU's 8 seed. Look, I solely did it because Taco Fall is 7 That's foot saying. 6. Everyone is picking UCF, and uh, we're not going to go against everyone. We're picking UCF. Mississippi State versus Liberty. Hunter Liber- won it. Liberty is my heavy sleeper. Didn't you want Mississippi State? No, I wanted Liberty to go to the 16th. Okay, so yeah, we both agreed on Liberty beating Mississippi State, our first upset of our bracket. Uh, Virginia Tech versus St. Louis. We actually know someone that goes to St. Louis. He used to go to Went high school to with St. us. St. Louis. Oh, yeah, he used to go to high school with us. He no longer attends St. Louis. And uh, yeah, we picked Virginia Tech over them anyway. And then uh, Maryland versus Belmont. This We rock, paper, scissors for this one. Yes, I'm a Maryland believer, Bruno Fernando. I like to go a little exotic with my bracket, so I wanted Belmont to win, and uh, we rock, paper, scissors, and I won, so Belmont beats Maryland, the 11 beats the 6. And we also rock, paper, scissors on this one, LSU versus Yale. Because I'm a big Yale believer, they are a tough tournament team always, and I LSU doesn't have their coach, so I really don't think they're going to be that good, and they have no experience. So we have Yale beating LSU in another upset, so that's three straight, well not three straight, but we have Liberty beating Mississippi State, Belmont beating Maryland, Yale beating LSU, and then we have Minnesota beating Louisville. Solely because Rick Pitino got fired by Louisville and his son coaches Minnesota, so I'd love to see the drama. And uh, Bradley versus Michigan State. No we brainer. have uh, Michigan State, of course. On to the West region. No, 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 no. On to the South region. No. On to the Midwest region. <laughs> no. Okay, so where we'll are we going? We'll finish the whole East. Okay, so, so go. our final four. Go, go, go. Okay. We have Duke versus Virginia Tech in the Sweet 16. And Duke, no brainer. Virginia Tech is not that good. But. Next, Yale, Michigan State, Michigan State. Even though they're battling injuries, I really think they're good enough to still make the lead eight. And then Duke, Michigan State, Duke due to those injuries and the fact that Duke has the number one, two, and possibly three pick. So that is our uh, first team in the final four. We have Duke. Moving on to the West region where Gonzaga is the number one seed. So, Gonzaga, Fairley Dickinson, Gonzaga, easy win. Syracuse, Baylor, Syracuse gets the win. 
Marquette to Murray State. This was a this big, was a big, argument big argument. Because this kid has so much faith in John Morant. He thinks my, he could carry him actual, to the end of the world. In my actual bracket versus like my friends and everything, I have I have Murray State in my final four simply because John Morant is going to carry them on some Davidson, Steph Curry type stuff. Little does he and know they're getting to the final Marcus four. Marcus Howard is better for college. Mark my words, John Morant and Murray State will be in the final four. All right, well, he's going to say that, but for this, I won the rock, paper, scissors, so Marquette (laughs) moves on. And Florida State, Vermont, Florida State, Buffalo, Arizona State. So story about Arizona State. Uh, They beat St. John's tonight. They just beat our school in the play-in game, and we got absolutely embarrassed. So, of course, I'm picking Buffalo because now I hate Arizona (laughs) State. Now we hold a grudge. So... Texas Tech is going to destroy Northern Kentucky. Fun fact, Texas Tech has Tariq Owens, who transferred from St. John's, one of the best shot blockers in the country, leading one of the best defenses in the country. Nevada, Florida, the Martin Twins prevail. Nevada moves on. And then Michigan, Montana, Michigan. So... Moving on to the next round, we have Gonzaga versus Syracuse. This was another rock, paper, scissors because I honestly don't believe in Gonzaga. They always choke. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to say Syracuse's zone is too much for them and locks them up. So we have a big upset, Syracuse, moving on to the next round over Gonzaga. Marquette versus Florida State. We Did we rock, paper, scissors with this? No. No. Yeah, we just chose Marquette because, uh, I honestly, I think Florida State is extremely nice. But uh, I'm just going to say Marquette moves on. Uh, Buffalo versus Texas Tech. We have Texas Tech moving that on. That defense is crazy. And then Nevada versus Michigan. We did rock, paper, scissors for this one. Yeah. Because Hunter is in love with Nevada and the Martin Twins for some apparent reason. Nevada is so good. So good. They're going to be so good. But I ended up winning, so we went chalk and picked Michigan. And then we have Michigan versus Texas Tech. We have Texas Tech advancing. We rock, paper, scissors that, too, because I'm a big Texas Tech fan as well. And then uh, Syracuse, Marquette. We have Marquette advancing again. And then our next team in the Final Four is Texas Texas Tech. Texas Tech over Marquette. So then the first two teams in our Final Four is Duke and Texas Tech on the left side of the bracket. Moving on to the South region. Virginia, Gardner-Webb, Virginia. Mississippi, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Not going to lie, I don't know too much about Mississippi or Oklahoma. I just know the history Oklahoma has had, and I would much rather pick them. Wisconsin, Oregon. So, Oregon had Bowl Bowl, who was averaging 21, 12, and 3 blocks, but then he was out for the season. They struggled, and then they went on a late-season surge that will continue into the tournament because Wisconsin likes to choke frequently, and they'll do it again. So we picked Oregon. Kansas State, UC Irvine. We were going to pick UC Irvine until we looked at their stats, and, and the leading score averaged 11 points. <laughs> exactly. So Kansas State. And then Oregon up next, Villanova, St. Mary's. Go. Um, we're from, we're, we're, like we said, our St. John's in the Big East, so we're kind of loyal to the Big East. We have Villanova beating St. Mary's in this matchup. Purdue Old Dominion, not a chance we picked Old Dominion, so we got Purdue <laughs> in this one. Cincinnati versus Iowa. Uh, we have the Cincinnati Bearcats moving on. And then Tennessee versus Colgate. We have Tennessee moving on easily. Um, moving on to the next round. 
advancing into the Sweet 16, we have Virginia over Oklahoma. We have Oregon over Kansas State. So I'm not really a fan of either Oregon or Kansas State. I think that four, Wisconsin, Oregon, Kansas State, UC Irvine, is very weak. That's probably the weakest four in the bracket between four and five. I, I don't know how those two are four and five, but then you have Marquette as a five and and Villanova as a six. Though that's pretty weak to me. But yeah, Oregon moving on to Sweet Sixteen against Virginia. And then we have Nova versus Purdue. Nova upset. I do believe they're still a good team. Not they're a uh, not as team. amazing as they were before, but they're still a Sweet 16 team. They're going to still pop up in the tournament. Tennessee is going to destroy Cincinnati. And then Tennessee is going to beat Villanova. And Virginia is going to beat Oregon. So that makes the Elite Eight. Virginia, Tennessee. And, and who wins that? We, I had, we rock, paper, scissors this one. I wanted Virginia to win. Yes. Hunter wants Tennessee to win. Grant Williams up, and Admiral Schofield is an amazing duo. Hunter ended up winning this one, so Tennessee advances to the Final Four, making our Final Four right now Duke, Tennessee, and Texas Tech. Moving on to the Midwest to crown our Final Final Four team, we have North Carolina versus Iona, of course, UNC. Utah State versus Washington, we have Utah State. New Mexico State versus Auburn, upset alert, New Mexico State. Um, Kansas versus Northeastern, we have Kansas. Iowa State versus Ohio State, we have Iowa State. Um, I wanted to pick Ohio State because no. of D'Lo. No. But no, I wanted to pick Ohio State. I thought about it because of D'Lo, but then again, I was like, nah, let's go Iowa State. So I rock, paper, scissored him and lost, so he got Iowa State. Exactly. Houston versus Georgia State. Houston, Walford versus Seton Hall. Hunter was adamant that we put Seton Hall in here. So I went ahead and put Seton Hall. Kentucky versus Abilene Christian. I don't. If they win, then God <laughs> help like, us all. I feel like that would happen. That's like how Michigan State was a two seed and lost a few years ago. Watch Bradley beat them this year. And we have Kentucky winning that matchup. So on to the Sweet 16. Well, these teams. Round are, of 30. Yes, I'm saying these teams are advancing to the Sweet 16. Um, North Carolina versus Utah State, we have North Carolina. New Mexico State versus Kansas, we have Kansas winning. That was a tough debate that we went through, but we ended up picking Kansas. Iowa State versus I wanted Houston. Kansas, by the way. I don't know why this fool <laughs> wanted New Mexico State. I'm a big fan of the upset. I don't know. It just draws me in. Iowa State versus Houston, we have Houston. And then Seton Hall versus Kentucky. This man was he would die to have to have Kentucky lose to Seton Hall. I don't know why. He wanted Seton Hall in his Final Four Elite Eight, but that doesn't end up happening. But we do have Seton Hall upsetting Kentucky in the round of 32. No, I wanted Seton 16. Hall in my Elite Eight because I believe Kentucky is too young and overrated. They'll lose to Miles Powell and experience. And Houston is good, but they were in a weak conference, and Seton Hall was in the Big East, so Seton Hall would beat Houston if he let me let it happen. But nope, that did not rock, happen. paper, scissors, caught the L, so... Houston advances to the Elite Eight after beating Seton Hall, and North Carolina beats Kansas to get into the Elite Eight as well. North Carolina versus Houston. UNC becomes our final Final Four team. So our final four is officially Duke versus Texas Tech and Tennessee versus UNC. Um, a two one seed is two one seeds, a two seed and a three seed. We have Duke beating Texas Tech to advance to the national championship, and Tennessee beating UNC to advance to the national championship. I would love to see a Duke UNC chip, but I really do not see them beating Tennessee. Tennessee is really good this year, and as you probably could have predicted, like. 
98% of everyone else in the world. We have Duke winning the national championship over Tennessee by a score Look, of 76 to 73. It's as simple as I can't envision anyone else winning. I can't see anyone take all three of them down at the same time. Until They're too good. Until Duke gets beat by North Dakota State and everyone's back. Honestly, bracket I wouldn't Boston. be mad. I would not be mad. It, at that point, everyone's back. Bracket is done, though. So it doesn't matter. But, yeah, that's our bracket. Hope you guys don't go and copy it because uh, me and Hunter basically have a perfect bracket right here. You literally got to hear a perfect bracket. Bracket? A perfect bracket be right to you. The kid says this every year, just so you know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. Make sure you guys go join the Hoop Ball Bracket Challenge and uh, compete against us, Aaron Brewski, and a whole bunch of other Hoop Ball heads. Make sure you guys go subscribe to us on iTunes. Look up Brooklyn Nets. Look up Hoop Ball Nets. Leave a five-star rating and review. Each review is getting read on the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Hoop Ball Nets. You can follow us individually. I'm Najee Adams underscore. If you don't know how to spell Najee Adams, it's N-A-J-E-E-A-D-M-S underscore on Twitter. Hunter's at Hunter underscore J-K-R. And, uh, yeah. Shout out to Winehouse Kona Coffee Company for sponsoring this podcast and every other Hoop Ball podcast. Make sure you go check them out on Twitter at High Kona Coffee, H-I-K-O-N-A. You can check them out on Amazon as well. Amazing coffee. But uh, that'll do it for this episode, guys. We'll see you all next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.